Welcome to the Battery Testing Mentor Podcast. My name is Johannes and here I discuss all topics around battery testing, battery safety. Short, on the point and with actionable advice. Also visit www.batterytestingmentor.com to sign up for this summary where I can send out what I talk about. And if you have any questions, feedback, let me know. Just hit reply on this uh, email and you can directly reach me. Today, I have another kind of very live, very actual, very up-to-date topic. I was in the last couple of days at another conference exhibition, and I want to share with you the insights that I had. This time, it's a little bit different. A couple of weeks ago, or was it even a month ago or even longer, um, I was at a conference that was very scientific, very technical, very detail-oriented. In the last days, I was at the battery show in Stuttgart. And that is a huge exhibition affair. And there's a, a conference there where I also was fortunate to, to make a speech about safety in of, of aged batteries, especially when you look into second life applications. I come to this later. First, I want to share with you the insights that I got there from talking to a lot of people that I knew from previous times, a lot of uh, yeah, friends from, from my China time that came there. And then I will give you a, a short summary of what I found out for my talk. I said it's not so scientific. So there were really a lot of speeches, a lot of things about the general battery test, uh, battery development. Where is the battery industry going in the different areas of the world, the different regions? And um, I mean, it's not a big surprise that China is, of course, yeah, leading the battery industry, dominating it. Uh, it was also super interesting to see there on the, the exhibition that a lot of the booths that uh, from, from Chinese companies had such a big blue ban banner on top that said China and there was a battery and like everyone the same. <laughs> so you could really walk around and around every corner you saw another banner with China uh, mentioned on top and you really saw how present this, this battery industry is um, from this Chinese point of view. Um, I talked to, to some people there and I found out that the, the reason was just that Chinese companies, if they come from China and book it from China, they need to go through a distributor there. And this distributor just made this China banner on top of the co uh, company booth. Yeah, but it was really interesting to see, yeah, the, the presence, the, the, the weight that Chinese companies play in this industry. And then there are the other two big regions, Europe and, and US. And in the last couple of years, you always thought, oh, the US is lagging behind. It will take another, like it's five years behind Europe. Europe is, is kind of trying to catch up with um, China. In this conference, really, it was interesting that most people said China, uh, Europe is, is starting to lag behind because the US put this IRA out, the Inflation Reduction Act, where they support battery industry extremely, 
I mean, they also support other things, but all is especially the battery industry. And that really gives them an advantage compared to Europe. And a lot of companies are canceling their European plans to move to, to the US to build it up there because they just get a lot of subsidies. And there are three main, main reasons for the decision. And one is the subsidy. The, the other one is the um, general cost basis. And the Europe is also not that good with the high energy prices at the moment then high labor costs and so on. And the third one is raw material supply. And here, yeah, Europe has really an, an issue, basically. Uh, put it very, very bluntly, it's very hard to get raw materials in Europe. It's basically impossible to, to build new mining sites, new uh, getting the raw materials out of the ground because of these extremely high um, uh, requirements to get a permit. It takes a very long time. And it was really sad companies that investigate the different uh, mining opportunities. Why should they even spend the time to, to do this in Europe if they can go in another region of the, the world and get it there much faster? Um, And this will, of course, have an influence on the, the battery industry, the battery production. Because if the raw materials are not so easy to get, why should you build then a an, an battery factory there? And it was also super interesting. One, one person there, um, I need to look at, up the name, but said, especially in, in this raw material supply chain, that lithium travels up to 160,000 um, kilometer, 150,000 kilometers from the mine until it, it really is in the car here on the road. Because it goes from the mine to one processing plant and then to another and then to another. And often then every processing plant is in a different country. And it is possible to reduce this transport to below 1,000 kilometers. But that means, of course, you need the mining around the, this area. You need the processing in this area. You need all the process stuff in this area. And then the, the production of the uh, battery also there. And yeah, this was really kind of eye-opening to see that, that Europe has some yeah, homework to do. Let's call it optimistically. Uh, to, to really not fall behind um, China and US. Yeah, and going now from this high level to something more uh, more connected to, to the real battery is uh, the, the new materials. Of course, you don't talk so much about what is existing, but about what is coming up. And of as everybody would expect, sodium iron was the big talk of the town. There were a couple of speeches, I'm, I don't know, even five, five, eight, ten speeches about sodium ion, or they touched sodium ion batteries. It is definitely a, a very interesting topic. What I, or what impressed me was a an, an talk by, I think it was the Fraunhofer Institute that did a study and looked at, yeah, kind of where can sodium ion be applied? And 
because it has some special properties, it, it has a lower energy density. So it, it cannot really be like the next battery in a Tesla Model S or so. It needs some specific applications where you get along with uh, lower energy density with um, not so big battery packs, not so much energy inside. And if you then map this out, they get to an, a market share of around 15% that is possible in, in 2013, uh, 2030, where sodium ion can really capture this. And 15% is, is quite a bit. But it's also not like, oh, it will be the next dominant battery, right? So the, the other point is also that 15% is, is a lot because they said you need more than 10 gigafactories to just produce the sodium ion batteries. And so far, there are not these announcements um, that these factories are coming online and 2030 is basically around the corner. If you talk about um, a new gigafactory, you need around four to five years just to, to develop this factory, to build it, to, to get the permits, to start operating. And then you need another couple of years to, to ramp it up, to really get an output that is close to, to what you um, have as, as the target. So this was interesting to say, okay, there's somehow this announcement, but there's not this match in the, the production planning. On the other hand, I thought then this sodium ion is said to be such a drop-in technology that you can just produce on existing lines. So it seems, if, if this is really the case, then it seems to be rather easy to, to replace um, existing lines kind of take out the lithium and put in the sodium. And the other thing, what was also interesting is that most of the announcements, most of the companies that work with sodium ion are in China. There are tens of companies that want to develop, are developing, are starting to produce sodium ion batteries. And from my experience in China, I would say it was always a little bit surprising how suddenly developments happen there. Uh, so it could very well be that we are just not aware outside of China about the, the developments there. Um, and maybe there are already five gigafactories in planning for sodium ion, specifically for sodium ion, that just nobody knows about. But this is really something we will see. Also interesting from the other side, new technologies, the, the silicon um anode was highly discussed especially like not pure silicon but uh, adding uh, silicon to the graphite and by this increasing the energy density there were super interesting figures where you said if you add 10 percent of silicon to the anode you can reduce the graphite content by 50 percent that means you can put everything closer together, you, you, you reduce the, the thickness of the layer of the anode. And by this, the, the cell gets a lot more energy dense. And in the end, you basically can reduce the amount of cells by 25% um, in, in a battery pack. One issue with the silicon um, anode is that the lithium content per kilowatt hour needs to be higher. And this was also discussed like 
how do we secure the raw materials? There, there was this spike in the lithium price last year. If we go to these chemistries that require higher lithium content, it could be that we, we get into these high prices again. For example, if you go to silicon anodes, but especially if you go to lithium metal batteries where you have a lot more lithium inside that than now where you have basically the lithium just in in this like in, in yeah, compound form. So in the third really interesting thing was of course cell to pack discussions. Basically what, what I understood there are three key components when you look for a cell to pack design. It's the cell selection, the safety, and the structural integrity. I mean, you, you basically would have guessed this. And most of you probably know this uh, BYD blade battery, this very long one that is an, an uh, cell to pack or is made for cell to pack uh, designs. I said last time in, when I, I was at this other conference, the battery pack of the BYD lithium iron phosphates blade battery uh, thing has the same energy density as a Tesla Model S with the cylindrical cells, which is impressive because you have LFP against NMC. The point is now that if you apply now this NMC into the cell to pack design, you of course add a lot of more energy. And there the kind of common opinion was that these uh, prismatic cells like in the uh, BYD blade battery do not work, it must be round because only round cells provide the structural integrity that you need for the structure of the battery to make it uh, safe as well and to have the flexibility. The BYD blade cell, you have basically one width of the battery pack because it's like the cell, cell is one meter like or almost one meter so you can make a width of the battery pack of, of uh, two meters but um, you can't make it three meters because then it doesn't fit on the road anymore, right? Whereas with cylindrical cells, you can basically play around as you like. And safety was really a key point. Also in, in some other talks, there was a uh, survey with, of, of experts in this field. And they basically said, if you look for a new cell, the number one priority is the quality. And that brings us now to, to this topic of battery testing, right? And quality is where you need a lot of testing and to make sure that then the cell works in the application and you, for the customer can deliver a battery pack that really fulfills all the requirements. So before the time is running out, I want to also touch a little bit on this topic of the speech that I gave there. I picked the safety of old of age batteries. Why did I do this? I talked to a lot of people um, about the second life, about kind of how the battery needs to, to be used, can be used. Um, and one ambiguous topic is there always the safety because generally you think the battery is tested, the battery is put into a battery pack and this protects it and then it is used and then it just doesn't really get worse because the energy content gradually reduces, so it should be better, should be more safe. 
but it's not really clear. And I looked into some scientific papers, saw what was out there and found that even there, the, the, the findings were a little bit ambiguous. Um, but generally, an uncommon theme was that the thermal runaway onset temperature is reduced for old batteries. So the, the older the battery gets, the earlier the thermal runaway starts. And it doesn't start when during operation uh, t temperatures, but there, there is really, an, in, in some part, 10, several 10 degrees of, of uh, change in, in the onset temperature. Um, it, of course, depends heavily on the chemistry, on the additives, what you put inside. This leads to different aging mechanisms. Maybe I do an, a separate episode just about these aging mechanisms. And these lead to a degradation and then kind of this earlier thermal runaway onset temperature. On the other hand, the good thing about a therm uh, earlier thermal runaway onset temperature is that the thermal runaway itself is less violent. How I compare it is if you have a an, an bow, like if you do archery, and if you have a later thermal runaway onset temperature, you draw the bow really up to your cheek, so the, the arrow flies very far. If you have an earlier thermal runaway, a lower thermal runaway onset temperature, you just draw the bow like a little bit and then the arrow doesn't fly so fast. So there's less energy inside. In the end, it, it is then really important to evaluate the, the cells in the system to have an overall systemic view on this. You cannot just say the cell was tested before and it was used for five years, for 10 years, and now it's fine. I just continue using it, but really evaluate the battery under these new operation conditions and also under the view that the thermal runaway might start earlier. Okay, I'm out of time. I'm over the time already. I thank you for your attention. Next week, finally, the uh, interview with Benjamin, the fourth part, will be released. Um, I would have done it this week already, but I thought, okay, I give you this update uh, right out of my brain and look forward to hearing you next week again. If you're interested, sign up on the website www.batterytestingmentor.com and have a good week ahead.